Kiora, and welcome to Walking the Shadowlands podcast. Let me be your guide as we take a walk into the shadowy realms of the unexplained, of the paranormal, of things that go bump in the night and haunt your dreams. Your hosts. I'm Marianne. Thanks so much for joining us today, tonight, whatever time it is, wherever you're living in this beautiful world of ours. Sit back, relax, and let me be your guide as we walk into the Shadowlands together and see what awaits us there. everyone welcome back it's great to have you all here with us in this our sixth season of the walking the shadowlands podcast a special welcome to all our new listeners i just want to take a minute to thank you all so very much each of you has helped to place this podcast in the top 10 percent of podcasts globally according to listennotes.com that's so amazing and completely blew me away when I saw that on their website and I have to say has given me the impetus to continue creating content you all want to listen to. I'm very grateful to each and every one of you who listens to and shares this podcast. Have you ever wondered what it's like for those who make a living purchasing and on-selling antiques? Items that somebody once loved and treasured in their lives. Have you ever wondered why it was so loved? Everything we purchase and collect in our lives tells a story about us, our loves, likes or dislikes. It informs others about what is and isn't important to us in terms of our physical realities. And because of the love we have for some of these physical, tangible items, how much of our personal energy remains with that item when it's no longer in our possession? Can non-living items have spiritual attachments? Have you ever experienced that? Was something second-hand or pre-loved that you brought into your life in your home? Our next episode is all about so-called haunted items, but in this episode... We're taking a peek behind the curtains and into the life of our guest who owns the biggest multi-dealer antiques market in Chicago. But the question, as always, is are you willing to walk with me into this part of the Shadowlands and see what awaits us there? Then let's begin. Today on our first episode of Season 6, I have a very special guest, one who is the author of the number one best-selling vintage retailing book, Selling Dead People's Things, and a co-owner of the Broadway Antique Market, Chicago's oldest and largest multi-dealer antiques store. He's the co-owner, the marketing director and copywriter for Broadway Antiques Market, Dwayne is the founder of the 80s house music label Persona Records and the artist known as Danny Alias. 
He's also a comic and blogger, a published poet and a produced playwright, amongst other things. Also simply a very lovely gentleman whom I've enjoyed talking with greatly, my special guest, Dwayne Scott Cerny. much for joining us today Dwayne I've been really looking forward to our conversation uh, I read your book selling dead people's things selling dead people's I read your book and I absolutely loved it I laughed and I could really relate to a lot of what you had to say there so perhaps we could start by you giving us a little bit of background on how you got into the area of dealing with secondhand well Pre-loved items. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you know, I, at, when I was 30, I had a paralegal company, and uh, which is just typing, typing, typing. <laughs> and I had said to myself, I just wasn't happy. I just, I, I simply was not happy. And on the side, I would, I would go to uh, sales and thrift stores, like a lot of people do, resale shops. And, I, and that's how I decorated my apartment. I wouldn't buy anything new. You know, if I could buy old food, I would, you know. So... <laughs> So everything was used in vintage and whatever. And I would go to antique stores, but not really, you know, just to look at things. I didn't really have a whole lot of money. Um, but I just loved that. I would do that on the weekends. And I just realized I was just so unhappy doing what I was doing. Um, so I used to go to a store, and a big antique store in Chicago, as, a, as just as a, as a customer, and, uh, and shop. And um, the woman who uh, was the, uh, the owner's wife was a bit of a very sweet but a bit of a chatty Cathy. And, uh, and we just kind of became friends. I just, and um, she asked me what I would do. And I said, oh, you know, I'm a paralegal and I, and I write and I do advertising copy for, you know, businesses. And uh, the one time, time I came in and she said, oh, you know, would you, would you, um, you know, try to help us advertise and promote the store? And I thought, well, gee, that would be kind of cool because it's two things I, you know, am interested in. Mm -hmm. And then she says, well, I don't have, we don't have any money, but we'll give you a space in the store to sell your things. And again, I don't know what I'm doing. Clueless, really, on that end of it. So I then had, you know, stuff <laughs> and then a place to sell it, but really not any knowledge right. of doing that. And they gave me this little booth in the basement. Um, and that's how I actually started, you know, professionally um, selling to the public. So you, you, you couldn't start any lower level than, than <laughs> the bottom of the stairs in a basement. Right, right. Yeah. And you, obviously, I can see the screen behind you looks very Art Deco-ish. 
Yes, I loved Echo. Oh, yeah. me too. I yeah. live in a yeah. city. The city I live in, Napier, was destroyed by a massive earthquake in the 30s, and they rebuilt it totally, well, almost totally in Art Deco style. Wow. Wow. What's the name of the city? Napier, New Zealand. Okay. So check that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and Napier, yeah. There's a, a brand of, uh, of sterling silver is Napier as well. So I'll remember that. <gasps> Right. Uh, yeah, this is yeah. Actually, the screen was from a pool house. Uh, these people had an indoor pool, and this was with a screen behind you'd go behind to get into your bathing suit. So, oh, it's great. I loved it. I, I, enough, I, but um, so am I, you know. So, yeah, I noticed it right away you um, when you came up on screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually noticed it before I noticed you. Did you? <laughs> what is that? How much I, is it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's fabulous. It's fabulous. So you got into your, so you started selling your pre-loved items and it kind of went from there, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, I was selling fifties uh, things, you know, fifth things from the 1950s. So, right. so, and uh, this is uh, oh, 1988. Yeah. About 1988. And then um, they, uh, they had, the people who owned the store and there were like a hundred dealers who had rented space, but you know, this was my deal. And then I became the, basically the assistant manager there. So I was able to learn, learn a lot, like just very quickly. Um, right. uh, and then they um, had said, Oh, you know, there's a guy who wants to have a space here, but he lives up in Wisconsin. So he couldn't take care of a booth. He could, he's got the merchandise, but he couldn't, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't do the retail end of it. And so they introduced us and that was my future business partner, Jeff, which I write about in the book. Right. And so that was just, we were the perfect pair for this. <laughs> and then we just kind of went crazy for like a couple years, a very short amount of time, which mean, meaning that, you know, whenever we had time, we would run around really most of the Midwest and Chicago, all the surrounding states of Illinois. You know, so um, Indiana and Kentucky and uh, Wisconsin, of course, and Iowa, so all the surrounding, you know, middle states and just bring all this stuff to Chicago in, down into that basement. And then we got, and then we started actually renting space from these owners. So we just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So we had about wow. like a third of the basement. Um, wow. And then that place went out of business, which was another whole experience. And I, I write about that in the book, what it's like, mm. what it's like to fail. Because <laughs> mm. you learn more in life from the things that don't go well than things that do. That's what well, I- Well, actually you do. And yeah. they're all learning experiences, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, like when you're in the good times, you go like, hey, that's great, you know, feeling lucky. But when you need to, like, turn it all around, that's the challenge. And you really find out even, like, who you are. You, know, you just learn a lot right. about yourself. Actually, you do. That's a very valid point. And I, I, I remember reading in your book that you guys, like, while you were really stressed about the situation, you turned it around into a positive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, well, I used to... I, the expression at the time was that we needed a lifeboat. And I think the right. expression that, oh, gosh, look who I'm talking to today, right? your <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. situation, you know, pardon the metaphor. Um, but really just in life, just to have a lifeboat, which is really just, you know, a, a plan. That's like a what right. if. What if this doesn't go well? You don't have to go crazy about it. But it's always good to be there because you might need it. And that's what yeah. this turned out to be. And then, uh, yeah, we, so we were able to secure a lease on a little store across the street from the old store. So just like 1,500 square feet, this very small store, where the other store was, oh, I don't know, 15,000 square feet easily. So it's just this little 
slice of a store. And, um, and I brought like, we brought like 10 dealers with us. Um, everybody said yes. <laughs> um, so we you know, quickly opened up, but well, we weren't a success right off the bat because people were just used to the old place and they didn't even realize we were there. So which I also learned is, do you think, gee, I'm just you know, moving across the street. It'll be the same business. Oh, no, not what happened. No location, location, location. As, as yeah, yeah. Say. So no, it was, it was just a uh, trial by fire there, you know, but then every basically year to six months, we'd get another store and another store. And then we took the lower level and we became almost as big as the place that we had left, except now what well, we were renting, but we still, we own the business though. Right. Yeah. We weren't just, just, you know, people renting space, you know, one little right. running all this space for a lot for like 10 grand a month by the time we left, which again, this, it, which is like in, uh, so night by 1998. So 10 years in doing it rough and tough at that time. But, um, and this was by the ballpark. If you're familiar with um, American baseball by Wrig Wrigley right. Field and Cubs park. So that's where the store was located. And the store then was called uh, Wrigleyville. So we kind of cashed in on the whole baseball crowd coming, right. which helped a little, but you know, not a lot. Um, and that was actually our first store. Um, and then in '98, we actually bought a building, which I write about in the in the um, in the book as well. Um, right. I think it's interesting, you know, if I may, because the book to me is just as much about what just business, what mm -hmm. it's like just to be in business and be self-employed, um, and I, I. I've certainly tried to bring in as many of the like odd, you know, true stories and circumstances and people and things uh, that we had over the years. But, you know, to me, kind of at its core, it's still very much a business book. You know, I don't think yes. most people don't really view it that way, but I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, reading it, 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 it is a journey. I saw it as a journey and I, I actually found it really interesting. It, actually ties in with with my podcast type because of some of the experiences that you had later on or actually early, one was fairly early on wasn't it but yeah I see it as the growth your your business growth certainly but also your personal growth and in, in, a, in, a, in a degree your spiritual growth as well because you perhaps became a, a more aware of other realities of being than yes. Right. Then you would have been otherwise. So it was, it's an overall thing, really. And I can see why most people don't see it as a business book because it's your personal journey. Yes, yes. And and those those you know, I mean, again, as you mentioned, there's you know what I don't know four or five, <clears throat> well, paranormal type stories that are in the book. But then these are things that actually happen. And I think in a way that even for you know those that don't believe in these things, I think the book gives it a lot of credence and credibility. Mm. Because these are my experiences. And again, you know, there's a few things that happened to me, and this is over 30-some years. So people, you right. know, people look at this and think these things happen every day, and they do not. <laughs> they do happen to other people every day. And I write about that. So there's other people telling me their experiences, which I'm that's always saying, well, I'm not, I can't explain what happened, but I will tell their story. And right. That's, and that's the other thing, which to your point, you know, I learned about that and just being – uh, you know, I'm not an empath, but I am empathic, and I I feel I'm a good listener, and I'm not a sensitive, but I am sensitive. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I feel like that. So I think it's kind of putting the toe in the water, which was never my intent. But these are just the experiences. These are just things that happen to me, and and then it's 
um, you know, it's what's 25 some chapters and it's, you know, all different topics. Um, yeah, all different topics. I, I really like the way you actually laid it out, actually. Now, I remember the first experience that you talked about in your book was with your friend's father's death. Yes, right. M- maybe um, for our listeners, would you mind telling that story? Because it's absolutely fascinating. So, yeah, and that, that, was, that was many years ago. So um, I was, this is my um, uh, friend from college, and I was close with his family, and they were very sweet to me. And so I knew his, knew his dad well. Um, and we were both Pisces. <laughs> and he would tease me about that, but he had many he had many health problems, and he was um he was diabetic, and the poor man it was he was it was just Job it was just he lost mm-hmm. a leg and he went blind it's just uh, but a beautiful human being and funny funny guy, um and when he he passed um they had a a, a shiva the family was Jewish, and um I had I'm a Catholic boy here I didn't really know much about that at all, and my right. friend had said well you know my mom's going to have to downsize I want my dad has passed and would you come to the shiva and just kind of look at her stuff and just see and I was saying you know I really don't want to do that I'm just kind of uncomfortable with that, and he said no no you don't have to you don't have to tell anybody to do it just look the things she has there and she wants to see you anyway and there's food well that's all she had to, he had to say and I was there right <laughs> so <laughs> um. And basically, I want to give the whole thing away, <laughs> um, but there was just a, a number of different um, uh, circumstances uh, occurred there. And what started was that um, during the middle of the Shiva, and again, this was a very jovial, almost a party. It was a festive event. It wasn't a sad passing at all. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so it was very, the whole experience was very positive, really almost like a party. Um, and then at one point, his mother lets out the scream um, and my friend and I you know, ran into the bedroom where she was and here the uh, bed that they had was in the room was, had been with uh, everyone's coats and jackets and hats and purses and all that. You go to somebody's house, they have a party, everybody just lays their stuff on a bed, right? Right. right? right. Except we go in there and everything's on the floor. Everything. So it's just a big mess. And his mother's screaming saying that, you know, Myron did it again. Myron, it's Myron. He's here. He's here. I told you. I told you he's been doing this all day. And we're like, what? <laughs> um, and my friend is, just thought his mother was kind of having a breakdown. Um, right. And but in, that's not that's not what happened. <laughs> uh, so then we ran around and just put everything back on the bed and thought, well, she's just having a really tough time. Um, and she calmed down a little bit. And then maybe an hour or so into this function, <laughs> I had to go to the bathroom ate too much chocolate kugel and uh um and i went in into into the room and the um tv was on um which would seem kind of strange and it wasn't on any station it was just that static snow that you mm-hmm. see on the televisions um and uh at some point um the tv was pretty much going it was really going like on and off and his mother had said that that uh myron was doing that which was like you know, I, I just didn't believe that. Although what, having the, the code experience was a little strange. Um, and the volume getting louder and louder on the TV, the static. So it's just kind of creeping right. me out. So I pulled the plug out of the, out of the wall of the television going, okay, enough of that. Dwayne's taking care of it. <laughs> We're all good, right? Yeah. Um, and then the TV went back on. And then and it you know, I, I tell you this and I still get goosebumps telling it. And the TV went back on. And she said, see, see, 
well, yeah, I, I saw. <laughs> and her son came in and saw and we went, wow, he's like really here. Um, he wanted, he was a bit of a joker. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I left shortly after that. Um, and other things happened, but that was, and even after, uh, from what I understand, a couple weeks and months had passed and things would still happen to her, um, uh, with, for Myron, which kind of would just annoy her more than anything else. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, you're just freaking me out. Stop it. You know? Um, and, um, she actually, she just recently passed a few years ago. So she lived many, many years, never, never parted with anything. <laughs> Someone for downsizing. <laughs> But that was my actually, you know, one of the, I would say, few personal experiences. I was, I was there that was just, again, inexplicable. I don't know what, what that was about. But, but that would yeah. have been really scary to see the TV go on and it's not even plugged into any power. Yeah, a very, a very poltergeist kind of moment. Yeah. yeah. And then the volume of the TV, too, because it just got louder and louder. And that was just so unnerving for, I mean, there's no, that is a thing, though. I mean, as I've talked to other people messing with uh, uh, um, lights and electrical fields. I mean, this is where they, 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 they get energy to make things happen, too. So yeah, it's, it, very, it's very common for spirit to use digital and electrical devices because we're at, at our base, we're all energy. And when you leave this physical body, you're energy, so it's easy for them to manipulate stuff like that. That's well, excellent. I, I think you'll appreciate this. It's, I mean, it's taken me many years to go in, like, what was, even, what was that even about? And I've come up with a question because when I've been interviewed before and even people who are, it's great to talk to somebody who believes in this as opposed to, I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm just going, this is what happened. But right. when I've been interviewed and people have truly questioned it, I, I, I asked the question, can the paranormal be defined as nature showing off? Oh, that's a good question. And to me, because it normalizes it. It's just because something we don't understand. And, and nature shows off all the time. Nature's showing off, apparently, <laughs> out your window right now, doing yeah, crazy, crazy things. And I think the paranormal really falls into that. And it's just, when I, when I say showing off, it's saying that I'm here. You know, just pay attention to me. I'm trying to communicate as best I can. So, yeah. But it's taken me a long, many years to come up with that. With that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a good way to well, I look at it like this. Uh, I look at it from a scientific perspective, okay? The first law of physics is that energy never dies. It simply changes form. Yes. Yeah. And we at our core are just energy. And this body that we use is just a vehicle, like a car we use for a specific purpose. And then when it's no longer necessary, we discard it and move on. It makes sense to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I see. Yeah, yeah. So over over the years, um, and I meant to ask you before, was your market was it just a weekend only market, or was it open during the week as oh, well? Open every day. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you would have seen a lot of items pass through, and and I remember reading in your book, I could tell by the way you were talking about your interaction with people that you brought stuff off, that you have this really deep compassion, and, and you're not just out there to make a buck. You actually care about the people that you're dealing with, and that came through very clearly to me. 
I could feel that very clearly from from the words that you wrote oh, in your book. Yeah, thank you. I, yeah, I do. I, <laughs> I do. I, 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 I mean, I even in my in the, my store now, um, uh, and sometimes I'll it, if if I feel comfortable enough to say something to somebody, I will. I don't always always say this, but but I truly believe that in in so many ways that the items pick the person. Not that you always think, oh, I'm going out and I'm going to go shopping and I'm going to pick up you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. But that's not really not how I don't think antiques always work that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times the item, the item picks you equally. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, you know, I've had people shop the store and buy something and say, I don't even know why I'm buying this, but it speaks to me. Right. Expression, right. And people say it speaks yeah. to me. Well, yeah. a cocktail shaker didn't speak to you. A set of mixing bowls didn't speak to you. Or did they? <laughs> in yeah, their own yeah. way. It was just, I think they decide who they're going to go home with. It's almost like a kitten or a puppy going like, yes, I'm comfortable with this person. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's just more to the retail, you know, of it. And, and, and in here now, I just I have a, you know, a very big store and we saw hundreds of items, uh, 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 certainly over a weekend. Um, and so, and I'm not saying this is in every transaction, not mm -hmm. at all, because there are mm -hmm. some people that I don't think are, are empathic to anybody Any themselves, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and also I think when, when, when money is more the object, in other words, somebody buying something just to resell it, I think that equation is out. I don't think that's no. it at all. I think an item might not even want to be purchased by that person, but it's still happening. Yeah, so yeah. I think the heart of it, makes a big a, a big difference um i will tell you this because it kind of segues into it and it's not in the book but it's it's i have a very good friend and he's such a good soul um really an old soul and just a, a lovely person and i've seen this happen countless times with him is that we would be at a store or maybe an antique show or a flea market or something and he runs to some item that just again <laughs> speaks to him and you know, we'll just pick this up and go, I just love this. I just love this. You know, now he doesn't, he's not buying it. It's just something about that. Right. And then mm -hmm. he sets it down. And I've seen this happen uh, more times than I can count. If you stand there long enough, <laughs> somebody will come along and sometimes not all that long at all. And they'll pick it up and they'll buy it. And I've seen him do it mm -hmm. in the store. And I think, cause there's this genuine energy, which he expends into the item, right? Mm. And it's there, it's like the light bulb that went on, right? And then the next person who comes along, and really I've seen it sometimes within just a couple minutes, then why, why that thing? And it can be, it can be something in my store that has sat there for months and nobody's looked at mm. at all, but he touches it. And I think there are, are there other people like that? Now, again, I think because it's genuine, Yes. Why it happens. If this was like, yes. oh, I can make a dollar on this. I could sell this for twice that amount, right? No, that, that's not his intent. That's not, it's, it's because you know, it's just, he just has this passion for that item. And again, it spoke to him for whatever reason. Um, and then it's kind of energized. And Absolutely. I just, and it's lovely. It's just lovely when that happens. Um, and I mean, a little, you know, a little freaky. And again, people could you know, not believe it that's fine. But I do think there are just people who are, well, they're, they're, they're special. I don't, again, I don't have that talent <laughs> at, all, at all, but I'm observant. 
And right. it happened with other people too. Um, and right. I think that's what it's about is there's just a lot of things that are happening around us, but we're not paying attention. There's yeah. just, the world is in chaos <laughs> now more than ever. Oh. So these little details can just kind of slip past, but they're still going yeah, on. Yeah. We're just not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now I, I want to go back, back yeah. to what you said about about it coming from his heart and his intent because that's something that I talk about a lot on this podcast is intent and coming from your heart there's a saying that I really love and that's what comes from the heart touches the heart yeah. and and whenever we touch anything we leave our energy on it no matter what it is, we leave energy behind. And so you're quite right in saying that people pick up on your friend's energy. And he's drawn to these items because of the energy on them to begin with. Yes, right. And he, I guess and the impression that I get is that he acts like an amplifier. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And then it's, then it's amplified and magnified and the next sensitive person who comes along yes is drawn to it yes yeah and 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 generally this is an unconscious thing it's not something that they're consciously aware of but they feel it in their body which is you know why you say oh it calls to me yeah that's and a, again with people say, i don't even know why i'm buying this and i've heard i've heard that countless times right. say that, i don't even need this and i buy right. it it's like but that's how strong that intent is and that energy that amplification is that, that yeah. you know, um, people are just, maybe when they have their guard down too, then they can really hear, you know, mm -hmm. hear, 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 <laughs> hear with their heart. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I have, a, I talk about this a lot. A very beloved friend once said to me, whenever you do anything, you must do it from your heart. And this is not a human that I'm talking about. You must do it from your heart. When you when you speak, speak from your heart. When you, when you listen, listen from your heart. And and you just have given a very good example of that effect. Yeah, yes. And it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's reality. It's, it's, very, it's actually very human. You know, and I, very human. And I don't yeah. think there's anything scary about that at all. I think it's, I think it's lovely, actually. But, Not at all. You know. Yeah, very lovely. Your friend sounds like he's really oh, uh, he's an best. awesome person. He's the best. <laughs> I hope he hears this someday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so so over your years now, you've been doing dealing with antiques for decades now. Yeah, yeah, thirty years. Thirty years—that's a long time. Yeah. And you would have heard. Have you had many of your um, clients or or people that you're purchasing from tell you about things that may be attached to their items? apart from what you've written in your book. And I don't want to go into all the experiences in your book because obviously we want people to go right, out. Give, give away the, some of the, the, the yeah. good parts. Um, yes, yes. Um, certainly the book has brought that out, that people yes. know and have to tell me um, uh, their, you know, their, uh, their stories. Um, and it can often be the most, uh, you know, curious of items too. It's not, I know people always, you know, often gravitate to that there's a, you know, energy put into like say let's say dolls and things like that right. of course there are that's you know that's that's certainly a thing but um i've heard people talk about pieces of jewelry um uh, uh vintage clothing I, to me it's, it's the, there's almost seems to be a stronger connection which things that are actually touch the body 
as right. something that you would use. But then I can see why dot, why dot, that would happen with dolls, things like right. that. Um, and then people relate stories about things that they've inherited. Um, it's, I, I'll, I'll mention a, another thing that's, that's kind of occurred to me as, as these, uh, as I've heard some of these stories, you know, there's, there's always the, uh, the old uh, adage, just like if there was a, um, a fire, you know, what item would you save? Right. And I kind of turn it around again, especially to disbelievers. And I'll say, if, if there was a fire, what item would save you? Mm. And I think it's a way to get kind of very introspective about with your own uh, possessions and what mm-hmm. they mean to you. And I think that's really one of the one of the themes of the book too, is I'm trying to make people look at things, their objects in their life, um, just to kind of mm-hmm. open their eyes about all this mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it's just we have all this stuff in our life, but um, nothing got there by by a coincidence. You know, everything right. I'm looking at, even in the room behind you, you know, there's 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 a story. You know, certainly, that piece of art I'm looking at. I'm sure there's a story and there's a reason and what it, and what it means to you. And then but mm-hmm. that's also, that's a piece of the puzzle of you, Marianne. And that's yeah. what makes you, you. And this, the screen is part of me, obviously, you know, it just reflects it. And that, and more, more than just even like having an interest in something. I think, I think it goes, you know, well beyond that. So what we were talking about earlier, but I think this energy that's expended, you know, into objects is, is um, resilient. Mm-hmm. And to as we talk about in the book, to an object, to a piece of jewelry um, or a toy, time means nothing. Time mm-hmm. is a very right. human element that we, <laughs> understandably, plug into the equation. But to an object, time, it's in it's yeah, there's no such thing as time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, they just go on and on. You know, this will go yeah. on. Somebody else will have this, you know. <laughs> yeah. People sometimes don't like thinking about that because I'm not being morbid about it. I'm just saying I think it's kind of great that that you know these things certainly things that if that you loved in your life that they go on and whether it's mm-hmm. relatives or even total strangers, I I think that's fantastic. <laughs> it is, and it's no surprise that sometimes there are spiritual attachments to objects that people loved and meant a lot to them. Um, because their love for that that object, that necklace, that hat, that whatever, is the energy is attached to that because they love that. And so they put that energy into that item. Exactly. So it's no surprise that even after they've moved on from this reality that they might still perhaps come back and visit because it means something to them. Yes, yes. And if that, I mean, how can that energy... I mean, for the most part, we're talking about good energy. How can that not be love? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is really one of the most, almost an impossible thing to measure. So again, yeah. when people go and, you know, question the paranormal, it's how do you measure that? How do you measure love? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, so yeah, I, 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 I totally believe that. that be, I, I, may, I may visit the screen... <laughs> 40, 50 years from now. Um, hope it's having a good time. Um, yeah, and, and, and check in on things. Yeah. Why not? And that's why not. And so in in your years, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? So <laughs> good question. 
it was it it was it was the most this was the most this was the most scary scariest thing and also the most beautiful thing um so in um uh 2000 um my um sister and mother passed uh five five years apart um and i had moved home to take care be with my mom and then um my sister passed while while I was taking care of my mom. It was a very difficult couple of years there. Mm. And, um, and when it was all done, and I inherited my sister's poodle. It's an it's important part of the story. As I inherited my, my sister's poodle. Um, and like, as time went on, I kept like hoping there would be some message, something mm. would happen, and nothing happened. And I was kind of annoyed about it, honestly, just because I just wanted something. I just wanted something. Mm. Um, and on the fifth anniversary, and it was of Christmas, I'm alone in the apartment, and all I have with, and I'm there with the dog. And I got to admit, I was absolutely feeling sorry for myself. I just don't like the holidays. I never, yeah. um, just kind of bummed. And I walked into my kitchen and I'm in a big apartment building and you generally, I don't, you never like smell anything from another unit, like even cooking and things like that. They're big apartments. <laughs> but I go into the kitchen and it was like you had stuck your head into the biggest bouquet of flowers you could imagine. Oh. I couldn't see it, but it was huge. And for hours it was there. And I kept telling myself, I didn't understand what it, what it was I, at first. And I'm not, being honest with you, Maria, this is what I did because I couldn't think of what else to do. I picked up the poodle and I would hold it into the flower scent that was, it was like a ball right. of aroma. And of course the dog would be <laughs> sniff, 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 oh, sniff, sniff, sniff. Yeah, going like, okay, it was a validation though. It's just not me. I'm going yeah, crazy yeah. here. And then for a couple hours, I just ate in the kitchen and it was again, though this is not an optical thing, it was totally sensory. Um, but it was like the ball of aroma got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, you know? And afterwards I thought about it. I mean, even through it, I was going, this must be them. This has to be them. This has to be a message of some sort. And it being in the kitchen, my mother loved to cook. My sister loved to bake. It was right around the stove. And again, there are no flowers in my apartment. There's no, it's nothing. I don't cook for, so there's no sense coming from me. But the fact that that little dog would just go crazy over what that was. Um, oh. And that evening, I called the gentleman whose story I first told about his father who passed. Right. I couldn't think of who else to call. I couldn't think of who else to call that I could explain this and they wouldn't think that I'm crazy. Um, and he was like, oh, it's them. It's them. Yeah. Mm. So it was, it was scary because I just couldn't explain it. Right. Um, and again, I'd had a couple experiences, but nothing that that emotional either. Right. I mean, it was I was a mess. <laughs> um, it was still one of the most really lovely things I think that's ever happened to me. Yeah. I can see that. I can feel that, and and that is a very very common way that spirit lets their loved one know that they're around through the sense of smell um you know your mum and your sister obviously liked flowers smelly flowers oh, oh and they would they would plant flowers afterwards it kind of all made sense there yeah you go. they would and plant so flowers on my father's grave i mean planting some things and that was a thing they oh. would do every year every year because he had died seven years prior 
they were out at the cemetery, all the flowers were a big part of it. But again, at the time, mm. I, wasn't, I, I wasn't making the connection. You know, I just- I, Well, uh, you wouldn't because it's out of your normal paradigm of reality. So you had to step out of your normal way of thinking to understand that. that, that and, and I believe that they came at that point in time to give you the comfort that you needed. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not, and I've never told a story before because nobody's oh. asked. So oh hey. wow, um, that's a beautiful story, and and certainly I it brought brought tears to my eyes because I knew straight away. Um, and, and and again, following that, then of course googling it that that's a thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't really know that that was a then that's a huge thing. Um, yeah, um, but I'm so glad that I still had because it. That little dog meant everything because it was the connection into my whole family. You know, that's right. You know, that's what all I had. Um, yeah. And <laughs> but just the picture of the two of us both sticking our heads into this <laughs> invisible <laughs> cloud of aroma. You know, and pulling it back and put, and to do that for you know an hour or two is crazy. That's pretty amazing because yeah. generally they don't last around that long uh, generally it's only like a couple of minutes yeah, yeah. Or, or just long enough for you to be aware of it and then it will dissipate right right and of course now i'm always going i still live in the same apartment it's never happened again you know oh, wow. you know now it's oh. <laughs> really lovely that's really lovely that that happened to you that's uh and, and um, while it was scary at the time in in the general scheme of things it's not really scary no no no. It's comforting. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Once I accepted it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And again, chapter in the book, be careful what you wish for, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because life is like that too. Like you really want something, really want something. Well, you it, it will come, but not when on your timetable. And perhaps not entirely as you expected either. No, no, exactly. True. Yeah. I really liked the way you labeled your chapters in your book. It, it, it was quite interesting because it then followed the, the chapter then followed on from that sort of heading, you know, it, it was a good segue into the, into the chapter. So it was really cool. One of the things and uh, one of the other paranormal experiences in your book that jumped out at me, and I don't want to go too much detail into it because people can read it for themselves, but it was the hospital visit. Yes. When you, yes. Yes. So that's the um, Badgewater Hospital, correct? That's what mm. you're referring to? Yeah. Um, so um, this is something where it was a, uh, it was some, so, uh, somewhat near actually our present location. Um, so it was a giant old hospital that they were getting rid of all the um, uh, furniture in there. It was mostly you know, office chairs and desks and, but, this had been a hospital. It had been actually built as a hotel, which I didn't know until we you know, met with the guy who uh, took us through the place. And um, it was a, a, a fairly well-known hotel at the, at the time. Um, and then it had fallen in disrepair and this doctor bought it as, as his own private hospital. And it had a Hollywood connection that um, people from Hollywood, they, they, they needed the stars to like dry out. Um, right. so that they would have a, like a, a, a their own like private room and then you're in Chicago which is like where you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. great place to get to get lost in Chicago um, uh, and so it had all these different like incarnations um, and this was that was Dr. Uh, Morris Maisel that he wants to google it it's Edgewater Hospital in Chicago I don't know of any um, 
paranormal teams that had ever gone through there. I'd always kind of hoped somebody would. Um, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but part of it was when we went through it, and again, it's, just, it's half a million square feet. I mean, it's enormous. Um, eight stories tall, and the, the top floor had these swimming pools, because again, it had been a very lavish hotel at one time. Right. Um, but then they turned some of the rooms over there into like operating rooms. And when we were there, I, would, I heard this uh, dog barking and dogs whimpering, which is weird because I'm, you know, seven stories up in this abandoned hospital. Yeah. Oh, and the dog seemed right there. It seemed very nearby. And so when we, one of the number of things that happened myself and to other people who've been there, but then when we were dealing with the, uh, the gentleman who was the manager and was trying to get rid of all this furniture, and then I'd asked him about what's with the dog. It's a dog, you have security guards, the dogs here? Because that was my guess. Maybe it's at night, mm-hmm. security dogs, and maybe they keep them upstairs or something. And the guy said, no, no, we, everybody talks about that. Everybody hears that. And I was like, well, why? <laughs> well, what, what is it? And then he said that this Dr. Mizell would, um, had experimented with, with uh, just disgusting, but still is what happened, and medical experiments with animals and re- like replacing of limbs, severed limbs and legs and that. And they used animals um, yeah. and eventually used dogs. And so people would often hear dogs that had been there wow. hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's actually not uncommon to hear animals. I, I have a paranormal investigation team here in New Zealand, and we did an investigation one time in a hotel. Yeah. Um, and there were five of us in this particular room, and we all had our, our, our microphones, our recorders going. And only one member of the team picked up this cat meow. And we all had a recorders going, but it unrecorded on his recorder. And I was listening to it back, and I thought it was my cat. And I was looking around from there, I realized it was on the, it's as clear as like your dog bark. Yeah. So it's just, it's actually really good for people to know who have animals that they love, that actually they do continue on as, just as yeah. we do. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why, why not? <laughs> it's a, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a life form. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, I do have an, not a paranormal update to it, but as, as anybody's going to, wants to Google it because they've since, um, they tore down half the place and the other half is still there. So the, like the main part that was the hotel has been remodeled and they, they haven't because of COVID, you know, everything's a mess. Right. Um, but, uh, they're opening up it up, I think as a kind of a high end rental apartment complex. Oh, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be very interesting. That's mm. gonna be very interesting because, there, you know, any number of things um, that that happen there. Um, I, I make reference to the painting in the lobby of Dr. Meisel. Right. <laughs> very much there. Yeah. Um, very much there and not always happy. Um, and any number of people have had run-ins with him, but not necessarily knowing that he's a spirit. Um, right. I didn't, I, did, I didn't see him, but a number of people have, and I, and I write about that. So that... That's going to be an interesting development. Um, yeah, that, that will be very interesting because I was thinking about him specifically when you said that they turned it into high-end apartments. I was thinking, oh, he's not going to be very happy with that and he's going to make himself known to people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Happy. And he doesn't like smoking anyway. No. Um, <laughs> no. And he was a bit of a control freak is what I get oh, the impression well, yeah. of. Even, even to do that, I mean, the, the whole idea of 
even now, I mean, for somebody to like buy a huge building and make it your own private hospital, I mean, yeah. who does that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personality right there to yeah. do that. Um, and to make it work and be, you know, yeah. really successful at it, you know, until he wasn't, you know, until things changed. Um, yeah. His business model changed. He needed a lifeboat. We'll go back to that, right? <laughs> but, but I drive past it, you know, maybe uh, twice a week now because they haven't they haven't opened it up yet, and it looks lovely, you know, with what they've what they've done with it since they retained so much of the original uh, structure. But oh boy, I, I I can't believe there wouldn't be activity there. No. Yeah, no, I can't either. I'm not sure the developer doesn't want to talk about that. Yeah, no, of course, and I'm sure the workmen, while they were working on it, had heaps of experiences. I bet they had trouble keeping staff. I bet they did when they were building it. Good point, yes. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> you're just down tools and leave. You wouldn't stay when, you know, somebody right. suddenly appears. Right, and, right. And, see ya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Very cool. So so you you... The second business, well, when you got your business going and you closed that and you brought your new building, which is an Art Deco building yeah, also, wasn't 1939, it? 1939, yes. 1939, and that's what's, that's the BAM market? That's, that a, right? yeah, that's the Broadway Antique Market, yeah. And that's still going today, open on the weekends? Open, open on the weekends, yeah. Yeah, and I actually checked out. I checked out your website and oh, I wish I was living there because I'd love to go through and have a look. I just love, I love um, recycling items. That's mm. something that's a big thing here in New Zealand. You know, we do that we do that a lot here. And I guess it's the old waste not want not yeah. adage, you know? Well, and what's great too is that this is a whole new market because Younger people, I'm gonna, and by that I mean, let's just say people under 30, <laughs> um, <laughs> are totally green, are all about green, and they're having a smaller footprint, and they're recyclers. Yeah. And so, so these are people who buy used goods. You know, yeah. you don't want to buy something at Ikea or something that was made with, God forbid, you know, child labor or things like that. So you get into a vintage market is just perfect. So, yeah. and I'm not, even I was a little surprised because I kept thinking, you know, this is kind of an aging demographic of collectors. So, yeah. so there's lots of things which you do not sell anymore because older people used to buy it. You know, I don't know, milk right. glass, you know, I get depression where I can start right. things out. Who cares? Um, just categories that just don't sell anymore. But, oh my gosh, like vintage vinyl, young people are all over that vintage clothing. Oh, it's all oh, about yes. style and fashion. The vintage business is all about fashion. I mean, it is mm-hmm. a fashion. So, mm-hmm. but they were also very interested in in um, cooking and cooking at home. Well, there you go. So, talking about mm-hmm. selling, you know, mixing bowls or uh, 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 dinnerware, um, anything anything uh, related uh, to cooking, um, kitchen uh, uh, kitchenware. We sell so much of that. So it's just changed. You know what sells. Mm-hmm changed and the market changed and you you go with that you know and you did, um, right. I have to explain to people like how to use a rotary phone I guess I should go this way um you know what's a what I, I put my finger where I do what you know so <laughs> <laughs> I crack up every time I hear that you know a lot of kids these days don't even know what no, it is you no know? no and they're just used to the yeah. push button or even well, just, we saw a lot of typewriters and they only just because they just want a typewriter they just want a right. typewriter they're not going to use it. They'll even say, well, how do I, I said, well, you have a keyboard, you don't know how to type, but they look at it like, oh, they're going to break it. Um, 
which is very much more like just kind of a, uh, we call those like a shelf sitter. Right. Saying that, a shelf sitter. <laughs> um, because they want it. It, it, it evokes oh, all kinds of things. People say to you, they love the feel of it when mm-hmm. they type, the sound that it makes. There's just mm-hmm. a lot of things that are just kind of, you know, genuine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, very sensory. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's not all about this. It's a different experience. And the other thing I have to point out is that when you're, for all the, you know, thousands of photos, you know, that we use this to take our photos, how many do we print up? How many do we? Exactly. Yeah, we, in, we sell uh, uh, images, photography, you know, black and white snapshots, people's travels, or, oh my gosh, uh, cameras and photography, but, but, but images are objects. Mm. Photographs are objects. They become an object. I mean, when people took mm. a camera and then they had print, uh, film, film developed and you, you had a print of it, it became an object. We don't right. do that anymore. That's like lost. Yeah, you're posting it on Instagram or you know, whatever, but then yeah, it's, not the it's not the same. No. And young people get that. Young people totally get that. When they don't, I explain it to them because um, I was doing this for a, for, a, for a long time going, no, this is going to be a thing. These prints, because people from, oh my gosh, you know, let's certainly everything was very formal with photography before the turn of the century. And then by mm-hmm. like the teens and the 20s, they were fun. This was all about having fun and dressing up and being goofy. And so yeah. things, the images you find of people doing crazy things um, is very common. And they just had, they enjoyed it. It was a new technology yeah. and they played with it. They had fun with it. Um, and, and then they created an object, which we still, a hundred years later, here it is. Yeah. Which, I'm not being funny, but I don't think there's anything necessarily I'm going to be creating, maybe unless it's another book, which somebody's going to be, have 100 years mm. from now that reflects me. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they used to call them like lost, lost relatives. If you, you know, why <laughs> do people buy these photographs? But no, they're very much with us in these, in right. these objects. So, and again, it's the, it's the energy. Yes. Yeah. The, I know there are some Native American um, tribes who won't allow their photographs to be taken. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, won't allow their photographs to be taken because um, of the energy, uh, because of the energy attached to the photograph. Right, that it's taking a piece of them. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah I've I've heard that. Yeah, and I can understand. I can understand actually where that comes from, because you do imprint your energy, and and quite often actually spirit can also um, imprint their energy onto photos. Like, have you ever come across any photos in your in your travels that have spirit images in them? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you I, go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll I'll I'll, ha- I'll send you a. Few. I'll send you a few. Um, there's one of my favorites is uh, there's a guy who's um, standing with, and it's probably like in from the 50s. So it's just a black and white snapshot. Just somebody, and it would have been, it's his like violin collection. Right. They're laid out next to him. And so I'm very proud of his violins, except you can see the kind of the music coming out of each violin. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, there's like yeah, and it's yeah, it's 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 not a photo error either. You could just how would you even do this? Right, yeah. right. And back in the fifties, they didn't have no, the no, manipulation no photo or anything like that. No, no. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. And then, or, or a, a, you know, a spirit image, something mm. behind them, you know, mm. um, uh, or at the forefront of the, of the image. Um, yeah, I, I love when I stumble on, on, onto that, yeah. I'd love to see them. If you could send me some, yeah, I'll yeah. actually put them. I'll actually put them on your on this episode's um, page on the podcast website www.walkingtheshadowlands.com, so people can see them for themselves. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll dig around and see where I, where I have those. <laughs> That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. I actually wondered because in all your going through all these images, you had to have come across some that you could not explain. Yes. And right. and back in those days, they just didn't have the. I mean. I'm sure they could do double exposures, but you know you can sort of tell double exposures, right? Right. You know, and and also it's just from what how it was made and where it was found, and he's going mm. like, no, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. they weren't they, they weren't thinking. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna pull a hoax on people fifty years into the future. You know, nobody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing to be gained by that. You know. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's really exciting. Oh, that's right. And, that, and it must have been quite uh, uh, an interest for you when you discover these. Yes. Particular I did a, a, a couple of years back, I did a Facebook post on a whole bunch of them that I put together. I, I, that's why I have to dig around and see where I, where I still have those. But um, that's even, even before I, I bought the book. It was more like, hey, have you, you know, have you had anything like this, seen anything like this? And then some other people shared some of their pictures with me, some of which were legitimate and others I kind of questioned, you know, yeah, yeah. just to kind of create a dialogue there. Um, How cool is that? Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so so you have your your market website. Would you like to give out your social media details for my listeners? Sure. Well, you can, um, if you're interested in the book, which is uh, Selling Dead People's Things, you can just go to sellingdeadpeoplesthings.com and order a copy there. Um, you can also get it on Amazon and, um, you can order it. <laughs> um, the store is Broadway Antique Market. Um, and so on Facebook, it's uh, Broadway Antique Market Chicago. On, uh, Instagram, it's BAM Chicago. That's B-A-M Chicago. Um, and there's some great stuff that we've been, we're a little late to Instagram, but we've been catching up. Um, <laughs> And, and also, too, this is representative of the whole store. It's not just my interests. It right. represents, I have 75-some dealers. Um, so it's kind of, I would say, it's, it's the best of our best that we put out there as kind of representative examples of some of the things that we carry. And it's all types of things. It's, I mean, we sell a lot of furniture and art, but it can be, it can be like almost anything that kind of strikes our, our fancy. Uh, last week, we just put up a picture of... Um, uh, we had a painting, which we couldn't figure out what it was. And then we realized that it was a painting of the demolition of the uh, Edgewater Beach Hotel in Chicago. And that was mm -hmm. another very famous place, Edgewater Beach Hotel. People want to Google that. And uh, there was a hotel and there was apartment complex, big pink buildings. And um, so we just put that up because someone actually did a painting of the building as they were tearing it down. And that's what mm -hmm. an unusual subject matter. You know, that's, mm. I like odd things, obviously, mm. and unusual things. Um, so I always think if it speaks to me, it's going to speak to somebody else. True, true. Yep. And uh, Instagram is quite a good platform, but it's hard doing social media. I admit I struggle with my social media for the podcast. Hashtag, hashtags. It's just, it's just awful. 
know, maybe that's an our era thing or something. <laughs> but okay. also contact me on Facebook. So that's uh, Dwayne Scott Cerny. Um, that's probably the best way uh, somebody wants to get cool. hold of me. Yeah, cool. I was going to I was going to ask, do you have a specific way people can get a hold of you? Because I'm sure. Um, I, 50% of my listeners are in the U.S., um, so I'm sure that you will get um, some people contact you after this. Now, there was another question I had for you. Oh, yes. Now, in your, in your market that you currently have, have you, have you had any unexplained happenings in your market? Okay, good question. <laughs> so, um, so this is a building that was built in 1939 as a furniture store, and they actually made the furniture there and then sold it there. Um, and that was the, the Pakins, that was P-A-K-A-N. Um, and so it was a family. And then they sold it to Mr. Mann, and then Mr. Mann sold the building to my partner and I. Um, and the second floor were all showrooms. So um, when we got it, the showrooms had been shuttered for like 20 years, which was very cool. I mean, so everything's falling apart, but it was still very cool to open up doors that nobody had been in for all that, all that time. So, and initially, um, nothing had happened to me or my staff, but customers would comment about uh, upstairs. It's always one area upstairs. Um, and it would be, the questions would be, is there someone else working upstairs? And then we go, well, no, do you need some help? And they said, no, but... I just thought somebody was watching me or following me. It tended to be young, younger women who would say this. And it probably, it probably happened a dozen times if it happened once. Um, uh, and then one of my uh, employees who didn't believe in this at all, at all. <laughs> and even if I said it happened, you know, sure, wait, sure. Um, but he was closing up one night and... Um, he said, someone called out his name. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, and I thought, I thought, well, maybe you're, that I was still downstairs and I was calling for him, but I already left. <laughs> he told me about it the next day. And it was like, that's interesting. Um, and he says, well, and it felt like it was like right in my ear. I was like, okay. And now other people have mentioned that too, that somehow it's obviously it seems to be an intelligent, you know, haunt. Right. My one thing, which did I would say the, the, that this kind of, <laughs> spook me same thing when i'm closing up for the night closing up for the night and it's it sounded as if like a giant mirror had fallen off the wall like right next uh -huh. to me and i mean i thought something fell off the wall stuff falls off the wall all the time <laughs> and something broke and i'm so i'm looking around looking around and there is there is nothing there's nothing um and when it happened again it did happen again it was the same thing but it's that time it sounded like if you had a big um handful of keys like your house right. keys, and you like you dropped them on the concrete, it would make that sound, right? Oh. Except it's carpeting. This one right. shouldn't make that sound. And again, it sounded like it was right there. Um, and people have talked about that of hearing this this like little crash. Um, right. So there's definitely something there. What I've learned is that particular part of the building was turned into an apartment during the war. Um, so people lived there, and that makes that makes sense. Um, it does. But when people ask about, you know, with all this, these objects and items and furniture, lighting, everything, going in and out, going in and out, that there, you know, wouldn't be like these um, residual energy of that, you know, 
because I could never say in, in this store there was any one particular thing, you know, which right. where that where that's happened. Um, but I think it might be a trigger. Um, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've never really gone any further in like exploring it. We've we've talked about it, you know, uh, like what what is that? You know, but it's been right. it's, again perfectly harmless. So yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think I feel that you would feel if it was malevolent in any way. Yeah. You would feel that, and you don't get that feeling no, at all. No, no. Um, it's more the I'm trying to get your attention. And, uh, absolutely. And absolutely. I, I did have the one time where I thought somebody had called my name, and then I just assumed it was somebody from downstairs. And right. said, what do you want? And I go, what do you mean? What do I want? <laughs> right. So right, he right. Just called for me. So that seems to be, you know, a thing. So um, yeah, it's actually, it's, it just makes it. It kind of makes sense just with the history mm -hmm. of the building, and it was built as a furniture store, and now it's yeah. a vintage furniture store. So. You know, this is a this is a it's property come that's it's come full circle exactly. Right. Yeah. So what, what you could do with your um, guest in your in your house is you could go up to that area and acknowledge him. Mm -hmm. Say, I know you're here, and and you know we can coexist as we have been, but we just want you to be aware that we know that you're here. Yeah, that's a good that's a good idea because I've I've never done that. I'm always just. <laughs> trying to trying to settle all the fires around me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course you could be. I you should take time. Time. Yeah. yeah. Thank this, thank uh, the, acknowledge this uh, entity. Acknowledge it. Well, it's like it's like I, I and I often have people who have spirit trying to get their attention, and I say to them, well, "Look, it's like if somebody's standing in the room. If you're standing in the room and somebody's in front of you, and you're doing everything you can to get their attention, and they're totally ignoring you, how would you feel?" Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and spirit is just human without the body. So, you know, and all he wants, I feel, is just to be acknowledged. And I bet you'll find that if you do that, that things will settle down. Yeah. Yeah. Not that not that it's overly not that you have a lot of issues yeah. with it, but I, I I and also, you know, you can set boundaries with spirit. You can set boundaries with them. Like, you know, obviously it's his home and he doesn't want to leave, and I get the feeling it's male, that you can say to him, look, just don't scare the ladies. Right. Don't make them feel creeped out. Yeah. yeah. That is, that's a really good point. Because that was, is what I would say. Yeah. You know, I only want people to feel comfortable there. Yeah. You know, um, and people just come out and ask, oh, if, is that, have anyone, has anyone else experienced this? And yeah. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't feel that it's his intention to make, woman feel uncomfortable um or to make anybody feel uncomfortable it's just he wants to be acknowledged yeah right and you're right what a, how how human is that yeah. yeah very human yeah yeah so that's really oh that's really awesome so now there was one other story in your book that i'm only going to touch on really briefly and it's again about your haunted objects it's the desk with the lights desk right right so so this was back in the in Wrigleyville, and it's because the Reader's Digest of this is that I always call it. This is a story of the someone who's who's not returning something, and and also how I tell the story as I think kind of different than most, and oftentimes I yes. try different ways to tell a story. That's what I've learned through the book too. Is when I was when I was writing it, um, and this is really about a woman who. That's how I know the story. 
mm-hmm. the woman who contacted me that she had bought it. She had bought a desk from us and didn't want to return it, but she was having, she wanted to know more about it. And what I knew about it was that I'd sold it before and it had been returned before. And that mm-hmm. person didn't want to talk about why they were returning. And it was just, you need to take this back. And that when I bought it, the guy, the older man I bought it from couldn't wait to get rid of it. And it was a really good deal, <laughs> which mm-hmm. seemed like this desk should be worth a lot more money. Why is he selling it so cheap? Because he just wanted it to go. Um, right. So the last person who purchased it is this uh, couple. And when they got it home, uh, well, the other thing about the desk, we don't want to give too much away, but it was so great. So behind all the drawers in the bottom were all these weird marks. And it was like burnt into the wood. And it would be, we always call it, it was like, you know, like as, as if it was old English hieroglyphics. It was nothing like any language I'd ever seen. I didn't know what it meant. But when you put the drawers in a certain way, you could see from the back, but it seemed to tell a story. I mean, there was a thing for a paragraph and the right. line would start. So it was a very interesting desk. It was a partner's desk. So that means there's drawers on both sides. Um, and when this couple bought it, um, they had some paranormal things happen to them, which is why they were calling. So that was uh, the, yeah, the drawers, the drawers opening on them by themselves. You know, mm. at one time, one door completely coming out like on its own. Not that they ever saw it happen. They would just come into the room and there it would be. Right. So, so that was why they were contacting us. And then, you know, and I we're gonna give the whole story, but part of it was that the other thing I knew about it was that when we had it, again, I, I didn't see this, I had employees and uh, this, when it was in the basement of our store um, and they had seen uh, the drawers open and little orbs of light shoot out all over the room. Um, and again, there's no windows. This was one going, and at the time I didn't believe them. I, I didn't understand it. And I, I liked both of them a lot and they were really good employees. So I, <laughs> it seemed odd for, it was an odd thing. And then also because the only thing they agreed upon was this, because they didn't really get along themselves. And right. that, that made me think that there, were, that there was something to it. So right. um, I'm telling this out of order, sorry. But, but the right. woman wanted an explanation of what I knew about it. And I'm going, this is what I know about it. I don't have all the answers. I'm just telling you what I know. Um, and um, she wasn't calling to return it and, and, and never did return it. But I go back to what we started with. The objects decide who's going to, who's going to buy them. And this woman had searched for this type of desk because her grandmother had this, this desk when she was growing up and she wanted it. This is what she wanted. This was where it was supposed to go. Not to the other people who'd owned it and didn't want it. This is, this was wanted again. Like, you know, somebody wants this kitten or puppy, you know, it's this love thing. And so she was thrilled with it. Not so thrilled that, you know, it was apparently haunted in some respect. Um, But then they just kind of, it just became, a part of this, the house that was just yeah it's a part of their life it, you know yeah. and kind of an exciting part actually so i would say so yeah yeah it meant yeah it meant, meant no harm she has a very entertaining desk and i yeah, got a yeah. story out of it so hey it's a win-win yeah. right win-win what i was just yeah. gonna say so did you ever find out what the writings what the markings no and no the, no and i've showed any number of dealers that came in and um no um wow. yeah i should have taken i should have taken pictures at the time you know when, when you were doing these things there's so much stuff <laughs> there's stuff yeah. coming every day every day um now that was particularly unusual um but uh it could certainly have been you know people there are people now that have 
create their own languages. Mm -hmm. That people do that, very creative people. <laughs> um, so it, it very well could have been that. Um, it could have been, yeah. or it could have been some um, esoteric uh, it, sort of thing. It could have been some folk arty, you know, exercise. You know, because mm. it was certainly a you know, desk at the turn of the century. Clearly, it had been there all, all forever. But what was cool about it was that when you looked at the desk, you didn't see it. It's only yeah. when you took it all apart. It's behind all the drawers in the bottom of each drawer. And yeah. again, and then even like she had said, it seemed like if you didn't put the drawers in the right way, the story would be different. It's interesting. <laughs> right? Very interesting, so that yeah. might be also why there was activity. If it wasn't, they weren't, you need to be aligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Had to be in yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So, um, what made you decide to write your book? Um, I, I, I've written all types of things with no success <laughs> for most of my life, and um, I was in a writing class in New York, which I was really lucky to get into. And I wrote an article. I wrote a story. You had to do the writing right there in the class. I'll tell this quick. Right. You had to do it right there in the class. So there's no preparation. And it all had to be true stories. It was not a fiction mm -hmm. class. It's all non-fiction non stories. So, and every week we would come to this woman's house and um, there's a like, dozen of us and we would do this. And every week I would usually be like in the top three. I mean, she'd tell you, you, you write out topics and then she'd pick one, right? And I, I was kind of rocking it. And there were some amazing people, extremely talented people in this, in this group. Um, and then this one week, I wrote the story because I'd never written about what I do. Um, but I thought, oh, you know what? This is the time. I'm going to do this. And people said, bullshit. <laughs> you can't write fiction. This, that's, this didn't happen. And I go, no, no, no. It happened. And everybody called me out on it that I just made this mm -hmm. up. And here, I've been there with other people. It wasn't a paranormal story, but it turned out to be a rather prescient story. Um, and I, afterwards, it was a great class and I still did well with it. And I came away and I thought, I screwed up. I didn't tell it right. I didn't write it well enough. <laughs> it was what yeah. I said to myself that I need to write this well enough so that when people read it, they go, yes, and they get it. And I did that and I'm just a fluke. I sent it to the New York Times, um, who then published it. And oh. called Traces of a Man Who Disappeared. And you can Google that. It's free out there on the internet. Traces of a Man Who Disappeared. Um, it's a little political. Doesn't mean to be. It just happened to be, given the time and the topic. Um, it's, and that was it. I, then I went, I said, I'm on to something here. I need to write more about what I do. Yes. Sorry, long, long answer. <laughs> no, that's great. That's, that's great. the opening and, chapter of the book. Yeah. And yeah. And then you got this awesome book, which is doing quite well for you, I understand. Yeah, uh, it's third printing. Um, it sells very well around Halloween. <laughs> Who figured? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's surprisingly. It, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, 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 the number one vintage book in the USA and Canada, which is crazy for a vintage book to, to, to do. Um, first podcast I was on, it was on in Australia. Uh, oh wow! That I did, and then it was on the charts in Australia. So, um, and now it's been out for what, two years or so, um, and it's no, and it's it's still selling, it's and people still contact me, and it's been a it's been a lovely experience. 
it's been it's awesome and I really love the way your sense of humor comes through the book the whole way honestly there were times when I was just reading and I was just chuckling the whole time and I could see like you have a very dry witty sense of humor that I absolutely love almost virgin on the sarcastic and I really like that. I really like that sort of humor. Then, it, it yeah, really I'm, I'm writing about sometimes things that are difficult. Mm, um, mm. You know, this is a very much a, the vintage business is a is a business of endings. Yes. Um, and uh, but I've heard that people say it's, I, it's like being with me. It's like mm. if I we went out for drinks and I told you a story. Exactly, right. exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. It yeah. feels like uh, when I was reading, it felt like I was sitting opposite you and you were telling me these stories. That's exactly how it felt. I agree with yeah, I agree with I it entirely. I, yeah, I, I think I'm uh, I'm not too transparent. I think it's just <laughs> here it is. Um, yeah. You no, know, it's awesome. And I, I do believe you actually haven't finished your writing journey. I do believe that you've got more to come. I, yeah, uh, I've been, I've been, um, knocking things around you know it's been a, a tough time for everybody you know as yes. of late just keeping everything uh safe and everybody going <laughs> yeah um so um and uh, yeah I've been, I've been i've been i've been i've been working on another book i don't i'm not really one for repeating myself um mm. so it's i think it's going to be similar but different yes um uh but i do think in a way i kind of stumbled onto something because people do like hearing uh, these stories. Um, oh, absolutely. And so I think it's going to be um, just like this was a bit of a hybrid, you know, of, of a memoir. Um, it's an odd, it's an absolutely an odd book. You know, when, when I had finished it and it was, you know, pitching it around and people said, well, you know, 99% of all the books on our antiques are about like identifying what something is and what it's worth. Right. And you know now, having read it, that's not this book. Absolutely like not. No. no. So, you know, but I can still talk about the business, but I don't talk about money. You know, I'll right. it, but really not much. That's not what it, that's not what it's about. Yeah, um, no, it's not what it's about. It's about your journey yeah. and and your growth and your development as a person and as a business is what it's about and your personal experiences along the way. It's really fascinating reading, and, and I encourage all my listeners to check this out and go and get it for themselves. It's a really good read. It will have you laughing. There are bits that will make you feel emotional as you feel for the people in the book, but it's really, really a good read, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, I did. And, and honestly, when I, when I first got it, I thought, oh, antiques, oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm all into secondhand things and recycling, but actually it wasn't at all dry. It was humorous. It was funny. It was touching. It was in parts a little bit scary. Some might find it, some of the experiences is a wee bit scary, the ones that you went into. But not for me, but yeah. some might find it that way. But it's a really overall a great read. And, and you are so interesting to talk to. And I can't wait to hear what you do next. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to your next book. Yeah, yeah, please do. Because I'll really, really be interested in reading your next book. And... I know things are very, very difficult for you all over in the States at the moment with the COVID. And I know that you're, you're in Chicago, which is not where you generally live, but you can't get home because... No flying. No flying, <laughs> no yeah. Flying. Is it, 
it's a bit difficult for you guys. And I, I want to acknowledge that I know how difficult it is for you out there here in New Zealand. We are very fortunate. We're just going about our lives like normal. Like we're having parties, we're having funerals, we're having, you know, we can go out to the beach and not worry. But even people in Australia can't. No. You know, so we're very lucky here. And, and and because we're so isolated and insulated from the rest of the world, I forget how difficult it is for you all out there. And I just want to acknowledge that. Did I just see a dog go by? I just saw a tail in the corner, I think. You did? Yeah. No dog. No dog? I don't have a dog. You don't have a dog? I don't have a dog. Did you have a dog? Yeah, I used to have a dog. What, was it kind of a tannish color? Uh, yeah, really. <gasps> that would be Snookums. Oh my God. Just... Seriously, I just saw a dog's tail go by, a tan colored dog's tail. Fluffy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Holy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, I was going to say, can you put talking about her. No. She's been gone. Oh, well, there you go. So she's still around you. There you go. Holy moly. Ah, I didn't yeah. expect that. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, no, I'm not no. sorry. That's, oh, wow. That's lovely. Wow. Wow. <laughs> nope. I haven't true. talked about her in years. And... You know what? I bet it's in the video. I'll have a look in the video. And if I can yeah. find it, I'll click it and send it to oh, you. Gosh. Yeah. Great. Oh, on that wonderful note. <laughs> There's a thank first. You. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time today, um, Wayne. I've really enjoyed our conversation, and I knew I was going to enjoy it when I read your book. I knew that you were going to be very easy to talk to. Oh, yes, as, as, as are you. This has been just joyous. Thank you so yes. much. You're welcome. Thank you. Dwayne specifically asked me to leave in the content about me seeing his wee dog. When we were talking on Zoom, I could see on the video that he had this beautiful Art Deco screen behind him, but at the left-hand bottom of that screen was a small gap that showed part of the floor of the room behind him. It was in that gap that I clearly and unmistakably saw the fluffy, fast-wagging tail of a tan-coloured dog walking past the screen, just going about his business. As we'd pretty much concluded our interview, I was going to ask him to call the dog in so I could get a good look at it. So I was absolutely shocked, shocked when that conversation ensued. It's not often that I see spirit of any description, human or animal, as clearly as I saw Snookums. It was an incredibly touching and a wonderful validation for Dwayne that his beloved and his sister's beloved dog continued to be around him in spirit and a great way to end our conversation in this episode. I really enjoyed my conversation with Dwayne and I'm grateful to him for his time and that I was able to give back to him in a way that meant so much to both of us. Be sure and join us in two weeks when I have a follow-on episode on haunted items, some very well known and others not so. 
It'll be a very interesting episode, so if you're not subscribed to our podcast, what are you waiting for? Subscribe now so you don't miss out at all. This episode's music was called Strange Things from Jay Urban. Before I close this episode, I want to give a shout out to these patrons of our show for their wonderful financial support of the Walking the Shadowlands podcast. The Reverend Mary, Michelle, Duncan, Kylie, Kelly, Helen and Mish. If you want to become a patron of the show, then head over to patreon.com forward slash mcc15 and sign up now. As a patron, you get access to a special members-only page on the podcast website, www.walkingtheshadowlands.com, from which you can download full transcripts of each episode. Also, you have access to some interview bits that may not make it on the episodes, and little extras as I have time to create and add them for you. Like this week, I added the video of me talking about snookums. You also get early access to the shows before everyone else gets to hear them. Also, you have my absolute gratitude and appreciation. So, what are you waiting for? Go to patreon.com forward slash mcc15 and sign up now. The continued support of all my patrons makes it possible for me to financially cover part of the cost of producing this show for you all. So, thank you all so much. If you have any suggestions for topics you might like me to cover in upcoming episodes, then please don't hesitate to contact me. Or if you have any questions, suggestions or any comments that you'd like to make or experiences that you might like to share with myself or my audience. Or if you feel you might be a good fit as a guest on my podcast, then just email me at shadowlands at yahoo.com or check out the Be A Guest page on the podcast website. Check out our Facebook page, Walk in the Shadowlands, our Instagram feed of the same name, and our Twitter feed, at Shadowlands10. Like and follow for hints on our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a positive rating, and don't be shy to leave a written review on your chosen podcasting platform, or on the podcast Facebook page, Walk in the Shadowlands. And of course, so you don't miss out on any episode, Make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcasting platform. This podcast is available on all free podcasting platforms and iHeartRadio as well. Also, if you have Alexa, simply say these four words, Open Walking the Shadowlands, and Alexa will play our latest episode for you. If you don't have a smartphone, then you can listen to the episodes from the podcast website, www.walkingtheshadowlands.com. For those hearing impaired, there's a full written transcript of each episode on the website so you don't miss out at all. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your workmates about our show. Encourage them to listen and to subscribe also. The more the merrier. Thank you so much for listening today, tonight, Whatever time it is, wherever you're living, in this beautiful world of ours. 
We'll see you in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening. 